I, I, I just need some, some help in, in preaching this message on this morning. And so I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invite a few people up here to come and be a part of this. I know Tennessee won yesterday. So, so you know, I'm, I'm just saying, uh, uh, let, me, let me call some Tennessee folks up here. If, if you don't mind, if you don't mind, bro, would you come up here as well? Would you come up here as well? Yes, sir. Let me, let me just ask. Um, mm, oh, Perry, you're here, bro. Perry. Yeah, everybody knows Perry. Uh, Perry, you mind coming up for a little bit? You're up. Oh. This is gonna this is gonna come so perfect with this illustration here in just a little bit. It's gonna be so perfect. I promise you. I promise you. Let, let, let's get let's get a little. You know, you, you guys just find a nice little seat here. Let, let, let me get some. Let me let me see if I get a sister. Sister, Kat, do you mind coming here? You you mind? Yeah. You 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 not? Okay. All right. All right. All right. I, uh, no no no. It's it's not it's not a it's not a football thing. It's really not. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right? Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Now, guys, if you don't mind, like I said, I, I want this to be a, a really quick word of encouragement. I want to ask you, if you don't mind, to turn in your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. Let me, let me get this seat for you. I'm, I'm doing the gentlemanly thing. Sherian is looking, and she is saying, all right, I, I just took a note of that. So Matthew chapter 16, and if you would, just come down to about verse number 13. Matthew chapter 16, uh, and this might feel weird, it might sound weird, because this text really doesn't have a table in it, but, but hopefully this will, will make sense all in a little bit. Matthew chapter 16, from about verse number 13, would sound something like this. When Jesus came into the coast or the region, region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? So they said, some say you are John the Baptist. Others claim that you are Elijah, while some claim that you are Jeremiah or, or just one of the prophets. He said unto them, but who do you say that I the son of man am. And so Simon, this is verse number 16 now, Simon Peter answered and said to him, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Could you repeat that with me? Thou art the Christ. Now, now, now say it like you mean it. Thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. I'll have you know that you're preaching right there. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus would go on to say and say unto Peter, Blessed art thou, Simon, son of Jonah, a bad Jonah, for flesh and blood had not revealed this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. And I also say unto you, uh, Peter, that upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of Hades, the gates of hell, shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you will bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Let me just repeat verses 17 and 18. Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh 
and blood had not revealed this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. As we continue to think through our theme for the next month or so, which is leaning or learning to lean on Jesus, I want to spend a little bit of time just highlighting four things, if you don't mind, from this text that I believe is absolutely essential as, as Peter would have recorded these events, particularly this, this text, this dialogue that Jesus would have had with his disciples. I, I want us to appreciate that in no other gospel account do you find this framework or this dialogue that Jesus would have had while he was passing through this area or region of uh, Philippi, Caesarea Philippi. But Matthew is careful to, to record this particular event because, again, if you've heard me say time and time again, Matthew, though operating from uh, and through the Holy Spirit, Matthew has a particular audience that he has to reach. And so Matthew knows he is writing to a particular Jewish audience. And so he wants them to recognize Jesus not just as the, the master. He wants them to recognize Jesus not just as the Messiah. He, he not only wants them to recognize Jesus as in fact being that which they were looking for, the, the Savior that was to come, but he wants to recognize, he wants them to see that Jesus is in fact the mediator of the new covenant and master or builder of this new entity which he calls the church or the ecclesia. So Jesus, as he has this dialogue with, with Peter, ultimately it's all the disciples, but you would recognize Peter would take the occasion to respond to the question that Jesus would have had. And I want us to look at this text. And I said I want to pull out four things really quickly from this text. And I want to use this illustration here really quickly. But I want us to pull out four things from this text as we think about what it means to learn to lean on Jesus that we could find within the confines of these few verses. Number one, as we, as we develop an attitude of learning to lean on Jesus, number one, I want us to appreciate that right here in this text, we find the principle of never operating from a place of assumption. Never operate from a place of assumption. As people of God, as individuals who desire to, to fulfill the will of God and walk in the way of God, we should never find ourselves operating from a place of assumption. Now, you would say, well, Brother Morgan, this, what, this had to do with the identity of Jesus. And everything that we do, if I'm honest, is wrapped up in the identity of Jesus. Jesus is the foundation of the church. Jesus is the mediator of the new covenant. Jesus is the head of all of this. And so everything starts and finishes. I could go to the book of Revelation as, as Jesus would have given this revelation to John. He says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am beginning and the end. I am he who was and is and is to come. Jesus is everything to us. So everything starts with Jesus. We need not assume when it comes to our walk with God. 
And so as we think about what it means to be good disciples of Jesus Christ, you, you, you guys are my church here today, as we think about what it means to be true disciples of Jesus Christ, we must always operate from a place of knowledge, not a place of assumption. That is to say, every step that we take, I love how the, the Old Testament writers would put it, it needs to be ordered by the Lord. We need not work from or operate from a place of ignorance. Now let me just stick this in right here because I will be the first to admit and even, script, even scripture would, would admit that there are things about God and his plan that our, 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 our minute minds can't even begin to fathom. His ways are higher than our ways. His, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So ultimately, church, there are things that we will never really have the answers to. You, 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 you guys with me? And so we don't have all knowledge. All knowledge belongs to God. But he does give us enough as far as what it means to walk with him. He does give us enough as far as it means what it means to please him. He does give us enough in his word as far as what it means to have a relationship with him. And so if our determining factor is we need to have a relationship with Christ, with God, with the Holy Spirit, we need to know how to please him. We need to know him. We need to have a good appreciation of the knowledge of his word. And so the first thing I want us to appreciate is never operate church from a place of assumption. The Jews assumed the image of the Messiah. To the extent that the very person that they were praying for for centuries, when Jesus actually came on the scene, they couldn't believe that this was the Messiah. They assumed that the Messiah would come riding some big stallion. They assumed that the Messiah would have a certain status. They assumed that the Messiah would look a particular way. They assumed that when the Messiah come, he would rally the troops and he would band them together and they would, they would throw out the, whoever the ruling party at, at this time would have been Rome. But he would band them together and they would become a ruling, strong, prosperous nation again. Dare I say they may have decided to make Israel great again. And they assumed Jesus and the Holy Spirit. God wants us as believers never to operate from a place of assumption. If you're there and you understand that, you could say amen. Amen. So never operate church when, when we are learning to lean on Jesus, when we are learning what it means to be good disciples of Christ, never operate from a place of assumption. That's, that's interesting because I remember in the book of, of 2 Kings chapter number 5, there, there was an official there by the name, he was the captain of the guard of, uh, of, of, the, of, of, the, of the Syrian army. His name was Naaman and he had a problem of leprosy and, and, and you remember the story, right? There was, a, there was a prophet in the land by the name of Elijah, uh, Elisha, sorry, and, and Elisha ultimately, just to cut through all of the, 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 the details of some of the texts, Eli, Elisha told Naaman, listen, you just need to go and dip in the Jordan seven times. And Naaman's response is what gets to me every single time as I think about this point. Naaman's response was, well, I thought he would have done or said something. Aren't the Afa and the Fafa better rivers? Let me tell you something. Assumptions, my grandmother always told me growing up, is, going to, is only going to make a fool out of the person assuming it. And everybody else. So don't, and, and that's, that's, that's me putting it the nice way. That's not how she said it. She, she, she split the word up. She, assumptions, 
out of you and me, all right? So, so she split the word up. So let's not assume when we, when we try to engage in this walk of being a Christian, let's not assume when we try to engage in relationships with people, let's not assume when we are in, in marriages, let's not assume, let's, let's not assume we need to operate from a place, a better place of knowledge. Secondly, not only should we never operate from a place of assumption. You guys doing all right? All right? Not only do we need to never operate from a place of assumption, but here's the secondary aspect that we find in the text. We, we need to lean wholeheartedly on God's revelation. Where man doesn't know, God does. Hmm. Where man falls short, falls short, God doesn't. So we need not, need not find ourselves operating in a place of, a, of, of assumption, but rather we need to lean on the very revelation of Almighty God. That gives me hope because there are things in this life that I don't necessarily know what might happen. I don't know what is going to happen 10 years from now as far as my life is concerned, but I'm assured what is going to happen if I hold to God's unchanging hands. I don't know where I will close my eyes. I don't know if it's going to be on my, in, 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 in peace in, in the night when I'm asleep. I don't know if I'll suffer some type of horrendous death. I don't know if I'll drown if I take a cruise. I don't know if I'll, I'll crash in a plane if I decide to, to go on a plane. I don't know. I don't know if I'll get a heart attack. I don't know if I'll get cancer. I don't know if I'll go blind. I don't know if I'll go dumb. I don't know if I'll go lame. But I do know if I trust in God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength and all my mind. If I hold on to God's unchanging hands, even when my eyes close on this side, I'll open my eyes in Abraham's bosom. So there are things that I may not know, but God fills in the gaps for me. And there are things I do know that God reveals unto me. So never, church, find ourselves operating in a place of assumption, but rather lean. This is my simple point. Lean on the revelation of God. If you understood that point, say amen. amen. Number three, and I feel I'll end it right here. Number three, appreciate the fact that Jesus said he was going to build his church, and he did that's him showcasing yet another time that he has the capacity and in his character is not the character of one who lies. So when he says and he gives a promise, he fulfills the promise. You, you, you with me? When he says he's going to do something, he, he has proven time and time again. But this is another time when he is going to prove if I said I will, I will. So he's preparing them to recognize that when I say I'm going to come back, if you could look and see all of the times that I fulfilled my promises and I kept my word, when I said to you, I will come back again, you could look at my track record and, and trust in me. So he says, I will build my church. We go a little further into the text and we understand and we appreciate the fact that Christ did in fact establish his church after his ascension into the heavens. Correct? But follow me on this. Inasmuch as Christ said he was going to build his church, and he did, he built it, but we have to be it. 
Repeat, let me repeat that one more time. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me come on. In as much as Christ built it, it's incumbent on us to be it. This is not the church. That's not the church. This affords the church to be nice and cozy while we worship the Father in spirit and truth. This affords us the opportunity to stay dry when it's wet outside. This affords us the luxury of having a place of safety. We have people right now outside that are walking up and down the, the, the parking lot to try and ensure that in some way, form, or fashion, putting their, even, their own lives on the line to make sure that we are safe while we, we worship God in spirit and in truth. This is a luxury. But the necessity is this. Ooh. Don't, don't miss it. All of this are luxuries. What is the necessity? Is this and this and this and this. So he said, I will build, and he did, but you have to be. Let me illustrate this really quick. I want each one of you to go and find somebody to bring to this table. Now, be intentional about who you bring. This is life and death. This, is, this table represents a place of safety. This table represents the church and bringing somebody who has lost into salvation. This table represents the entity that Christ said he was and did eventually build. I want you to be intentional. Be intentional. You have one person. I'm going to open it up, but I want you to be... Be intentional about this. Go find somebody and bring them to this table. That, that's, that's not to do it during the week. That's now. Okay, you got it. One person. Go, go, go find somebody. Let, let, let me get my person. Let me get my person. Let me, let me find my person. Let me, let me grab my person right here. She, she's right here. She, she's right here. Let me, let me grab my person. The kids, the kids are gone, so I, I, don't have a, I don't have a moral dilemma. Some, 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 some of the other folks, they, they have a moral dilemma. Do I choose mommy? Do I choose daddy? Do I... Go ahead and grab a seat. Go ahead and grab a seat. Find a, find a spot. Find a spot. We, we, we got chairs. Oh, bro, you... Where's your mom? Where's your dad? You didn't... No, you're good. You're good. Go ahead. Go ahead. Just stay with me for like two more minutes, guys. And I, we, we'll be done. Jesus said, I will build, and he built. 
he built, but we have to be. This is, this is, this is Antioch through and through right here, because if, if I only told them, you know, I'm giving you guys 30 seconds to just chop it up and start talking, they will start like a fish market. How was your week? How was the day? This golf and all that kind of stuff. So, so no, but you, got, you guys go ahead, you know, kind of chop it up a little bit. Keep, you know, do your thing. Be, be Antioch. Be Antioch. Not, not anti-yuck, but be anti-yuck. Come on, be, be, be anti-yuck. While, while they're doing that, here's what I want us to appreciate. And I know, I know I'm, I'm moving around. There's a lot going on on the stage. But kind of zero in on me, if you don't mind. Let me come center stage. Jesus said he was going to build his church. Whose church is it? It's his. Any man who is head over his home, understand, in my house, I have certain rules. And even though you might be a guest or a visitor, there, there, there are just some rules. I, I'll, I'll, I'll negate some things. If, if, if you come into my house, I'm not saying if you come into my house, you have to take off your shoe, but chances are, I'll, you know, you'll recognize we don't wear shoes in the house. And, and while I won't tell you, you know, take your shoes off, you might be inclined to say, oh no, he doesn't have one shoe, so he'll slip his shoes off. In Christ's church, there are definitely some rules and some standards that need to be met. It's not our standards. It's his. And I feel like sometimes, and this, this is not just, I don't want you guys to feel when I'm about to say this, that this is me trying to speak directly or, you know, this is something I've observed here at Antioch. No, 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 this is, this is, this is Christendom. This is our fellowship on the whole. I, I feel like a lot of times we, we, we miss this because we have set a standard that even Christ himself didn't set. And so rather than, than, than embrace the standards of God, which would include everyone, we start to create a space for certain individuals based on comfort level. But Jesus said, I will build my church and I need for you to be the church. When he chose the 12, it's amazing because if, if, if you had to find men to, 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 to populate a list of who, who the 12 uh, you know, apostles would be, I would guarantee you the, the 12 apostles probably that Jesus would have chosen, the, 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 the apostles committee wouldn't have chosen those men. Who would have chosen Peter to be an apostle? If you had to choose somebody to be an apostle, who would have chosen Paul? As a matter of fact, they were running from Paul when Paul got converted. Oh, what are you guys talking about? This was, this was the guy that actually was coming to Damascus to hold us and to kill us. He, you know, he, surely this is a trick. No, no, no. Even Paul recognized, listen, I'm the worst of the worst. I don't know why he did, but he was gracious unto me, and now I'm blessed to be an apostle. If Christ built his church, it's left up to us to be it. Watch this. This is going to get crazy here now, and I'll be done. You guys good? You guys great? Beautiful, beautiful. I have one more task. <laughs> I have one last task for you guys. I want each one of you to go and find one more person. Go find one more person. And don't just have them standing here. The table is the, ob is the objective. Go find one more person and bring them to this table. Be, be intentional about who you bring. 
There are some chairs in the front here. Be intentional about who you bring. Be intentional about who you bring. This is the last thing, guys, and we're done. Be intentional about who you bring. This, 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 is, a, this is a building filled with over 300 people. You could find somebody. <laughs> you could find somebody. I want you guys to see this, and you, you'll observe this if, if you're, you're keen of sight. We're having difficulty because we're human. It doesn't matter. A million people can come to Christ and one day there's always room at the table. But I want you to see this from a practical standpoint. If you have to get all of these people at this table, there are some adjustments that you have to make. You have enough, you have enough seats? You sure? I don't think you have enough seats. No? Oh, so you have to join seats? Okay. That might be one way to do it. No, 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 Tammy. I don't want you to sit on the, on the floor. I, I need... I'm not on the floor. Oh, oh, whatever the ledge is, I don't want you falling back there. I'm, I'm not Paul to bring back you to cost life. <laughs> I, I see you kneeling. Let me show you this. I hope this, you're able to see this for those who can. In order to fit at this table, when you get a certain amount of people, you have to make adjustments. <laughs> Real adjustments. You, 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 you have to make adjustments to accommodate every single person that's here at this table. Because the person who built the church was Christ. But all we're trying to do is be the church. And if Christ made himself uncomfortable so that he could bring all in, we might at times have to make ourselves uncomfortable to accommodate others. You, you guys with me, you could say amen if this is good preaching. We, 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 when, when we have to make space at times, it means we have to readjust some things. It, it means that we might have to squeeze ourselves a little bit so that somebody else could fit. There's a reason why I put these two chairs at the head of the table because another option would have been to go and get two more chairs, pull the big plus chair out, and so the two smaller chairs would have been, would have been just right enough to fit in a little space. So when we think about what it means to learn to lean on Jesus, I hope you could appreciate this, what this looks like. When Jesus says, I will build, and he built his church, his church was established to hold people from all nations. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. People of all languages, 
That means Spanish and French and Greek and Hebrew and Latin and, and you name it. People from all backgrounds. That means single parent homes and, 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 and homes that were broken and, and all that different kind of stuff. That means people have different socio-economic backgrounds. It's the rich and the poor and everybody else that's in between. When Jesus established his church, he established the church with a particular goal and objective in mind. So let me tell you now as I end... What, what pushed me to do this on today? The statement was made to me during the week that when it comes to multiculturalism, the church doesn't need to be intentional. And I'll, I'll, I'll say this, that didn't come from anybody here at Antioch. I was down in Arkansas this past week. And the statement was made that we don't have to be intentional about multiculturalistic um, ministry. And what a fast that is. What a lie from the devil that is. Because when God established the church, he was intentional about both Jew as well as Greek. Amen. When God established ministry and, 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 and Christian living, he established not just for those who were from the nation of Israel, but he established a pathway and he created a table and a space for those who were also Gentiles. And I know he was intentional because he took the exact same person, the person of Peter. Peter was the one to preach the very first gospel sermon on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter number 2. But by the time you get to Acts chapter number 10, he would use Peter to go also to the household of Cornelius who were Gentiles. All I'm trying to say is this. Sometimes we intentionally or unconsciously create an atmosphere and a culture in church that is monotone. Whereas God says to us, I need for you to be true representations of my son and his purpose. Multiculturalism is not a ploy or a plot of man. Multiculturalism, multi-ethnicity, it is a plan of God. So the church, as we strive to serve God, and the church, as we strive to lean on Jesus, has to, number one, not operate, never operate from a place of assumption. Number two, always lean on the revelation of God. Amen. But number three, recognize that God or Jesus built it and we have to be it. Amen. If you believe that, say amen. amen. If you could lean on that, say amen. amen. If that was good preaching, you could say amen. amen. Let's all stand. Let's all stand as together we sing our song of invitation. Precious cornerstone, thank you, guys. Sure foundation. You 